How long have you been making music? I'd say about 10 years now. Um, and most of that time was spent making music that no one will ever hear. The music that people do hear is, is, I guess, my namesake. I think I've made better music that's unheard than music that's heard. And I guess a lot of that will be the music that is played during this podcast. You're getting some sneaky songs that might never be released, but that's kind of cool, right? I feel like that's kind of cool. Hey, my name is Artificial Music. Uh, you've definitely heard my music before because it's playing all the time, like in these podcasts, which I'm very thankful for. Aril, also known as Artificial Music, is a royalty-free musician whose music you've definitely heard because his song, Snow Butterflies in Our Warm Attic, is the theme that plays at the beginning of every episode so far. He was also kind enough to provide every single song used in this episode of the show, some of which are even unreleased tracks that have never been heard before. Why make royalty-free music? So my music has always been uh, not just royalty-free, so not just um, uh, creative commons, but honestly, I, I put it out there as public domain at this point. Uh, so that means for any usage, you don't even need to credit me anymore. A little context for the next part. Aurel's about to mention Daily Dose of Internet, which is an incredibly popular YouTube channel, currently with 11.6 million subscribers, who you might easily recognize from his iconic intros. Hello everyone, this is your Daily Dose of Internet. Um, so when Daily Dose used my music, that was back when he actually, he had a period where he didn't request any legal, uh, you know, access to any of the content that he was posting for about two years. Uh, and so, a lot of his earliest works that contain my music have been taken down uh, because recently, sometime around 2018, he started only posting videos that he actually has the legal uh, access to, to post. Um, and so, yeah, for, for my music, all he's been doing is literally using the songs and then saying who it's by and that completely fits within my terms of use. So. That's actually how most artists use my music. It's very rare actually for someone to reach out and be like, hey, can I use it? Um, I'd say I get maybe one request a week uh, to use my music in a project. Uh, usually those are individuals who, I guess, aren't the best with English, so they just want it to be sure. But for the most part, it's just kind of plug and play, take what you'd like, you know, it's all free, all easily accessible. What kind of projects have your public domain songs ended up in? The projects that I think have garnered the most success for me uh, would be, well, when H3H3 used my music, that definitely blew me up very quick. Uh, Belle Delphine, classic. She used my music in like 
four of the eight videos that she had on her YouTube before it was terminated. So that's pretty killer. Uh, and then additionally, there's a YouTuber named Jarvis Johnson who has one song as his outro theme, and it has been very consistent. Actually, I've been a follower of that guy since he was very small, way back before they hit the mainstream. And so it was just so rewarding to see, you know, this this personality that you're genuinely like a follower of, someone who you really enjoy, you know, consuming their content and then finding your content within theirs. It is it's a magical feeling. Totally life changing. Do you have a favorite? I would say my heart is behind 95% for all projects that use my music, whether they be film or production or, you know, singing, anything like that. I'm really into it. Uh, but the ones that are the most, um, the most me are the ones that are, I guess, more involved. So there was this one back in 2017 that was released called Feel the Snow. Uh, and that, that is, it's like a, a sandbox RPG uh, sort of indie game. Uh, and it is such a wonderful rendition of my work because it's like, when I think about my work, uh, especially from that era, it was a lot of like nature inspired, calming, ambient type music. And so it fit perfectly into this uh, snowscape of a world, an environment where you're kind of all alone and forced to fend for yourself, but you can have friends join you. It's a it's an amazing adventure. Highly recommended. Eight dollars on Steam. Totally check it out. There'll be a link to the Steam store where you can purchase Feel the Snow on PC in the show notes. In reality, music's always going to be a part of myself. You know, I'm reflecting myself through what I create. Uh, but on top of that, I don't seek really any sort of profit beyond my own personal growth. Because each song, you know, with each song, I'm learning a lot about myself. Uh, so that's growth, you know, that's, that's more than enough for me. Um, and for that reason, I saw no reason to, to attempt to, to gain financially from my work or, you know, um, and I think over the years of providing the world with that kind of content, it just slowly, slowly crept up until a point now where I can say I'm getting really close to confidently uh, being self-sufficient just from music alone, which is an absolute dream. Uh, and it's, it's life-changing, really, truthfully. I think this is really cool too because you're kind of embarking on a similar journey uh, with your project here. Uh, one that I think the namesake of your project kind of comes up for me here. Um, for me, something that's really important uh, that means nothing kind of to anyone is this idea that success is driven by uh, self-growth or self-progression. By that I mean a person might set a goal, hey, I want to be successful, I want to make X sum of money from my creative endeavors, but that individual may not find success if that's all that they're focused on, because they may not, in that case, be focused on becoming better at their art. Um, I think a lot of the people who I've kind of grown up with uh, creatively, they fall into that group where they expect 
they expect to be taken closer to that goal of financial success, but they don't really put in the time to become better at their art. Um, and I feel they're totally missing a big part of the whole shtick of creativity. And I mean, this isn't the case for everyone at all, but I think that there's this beautiful thing in being willing to be consistent for years without finding financial success because at that point it's no longer about financial success it's more so about who you are what are your goals and how do you plan to get yourself there uh, i think that those are questions you know that are really important to ask yourself uh, when you're considering your future or your drives for success because no matter what field you're in really that's what it's all about whether it be something that you're studying in school or you know, a creative endeavor or anything in between. It's it's up to you to make that happen if you're willing to, you know, put in a lot of effort. That's what it takes, really. It's it's you need to never give up. Stay perseverant, and you'll get there. did want to ask you a little bit about snow butterflies in our warm attic. You may recognize this piece of music from somewhere. It's sort of chill. There's a little bit of melancholy in there. And actually, I think the snippet you picked uh, specifically as the intro and is uh, it's so perfect. I had this idea in my head but I also had a lot of trouble bringing it to reality because it's uh, it's a bit of a funky song and I'm not I'm not a funky artist at all. I'm like an ambient and now now more so a hip-hop kind of artist. Trying that was very difficult because I do like a down-tempo spin on all my work. Like even my dance music is very slow, uh, so it's almost like chill housey sounding. What I found just so appealing about it uh, is you have this A part, sort of meaningful. You know, to me it feels like walking out your front door, like a very short journey. But then the B part comes in and it's way more And in that B part, uh, that's where the name came from. So snow butterflies, that sounds cute, right? A butterfly made of snow or a butterfly that inhabits the snow, that's cute. But then in our warm attic, so now it's out of its habitat. And if it is made of snow, it's going to melt. So there's this, this hint of melancholy in there, like, oh shit, that butterfly may end up dying right now. Nonetheless, of course, the naming scheme is just a joke anyway. They're just names. I think that uh, the songs do a better job at uh, immersing you in my world than the names ever could. That is the number one song you could have picked for this medium. That one specifically that you chose, I gotta say, I think it's, I'm almost certain it's it's one of my least popular songs ever. I'm gonna check right now, but I'm almost certain it is literally like the least popular song that I have. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, okay, so it's not the absolute least popular, but it is very, very unpopular compared to the majority of my other work. So I love that you picked sort of like a hidden gem out of my discography. That's always uh, more meaningful to me than when the 30,000th person uses And So It Begins, which is my most popular song. Made popular by all of those people that I just talked about, Belle Delphine and H3H3 and Daily Dose. Everyone has used this one song and I'm happy for it, but it's also, uh, it's, it's just one piece of a multifaceted project, right? You gotta hate when people are only exposed to one part of you and there's so much more to offer. So I told you how I initially was uh, downtrodden in my life. I was in a place where uh, I needed some sort of creative expression just for me, right? And so there were still days where I would be hit with waves of depression or intense emotion and I wouldn't have a way out because it was just me. But now I've garnered quite an immense following. Uh, I'm able to now, if I'm ever in a bad mood, just open up any sort of video or song that uses my music. And then I see hundreds of thousands of people who are not just like appreciative of my work, but like they're supportive. They hope that I can succeed in life. And I think that that is just so heartwarming. It makes it a lot easier to get through life when you have people sort of egging you on, people behind you, supporting you, trying to help you through this very turbulent time of life. Allison writes, I used to cry myself to sleep with this song because of the memories it brought back to me. 100% recommend listening to on a dark rainy day. Genevieve writes, to everyone reading this, you're beautiful and complete. You are the best and you should bring kindness to everyone, including yourself. I love you. GTF Proton writes, Whoever was involved in this track, nice work. It's absolute perfection. Minty writes, I'm depressed, and I love this. And I swear I'm not making this up, but I translated one that was in Spanish, and I kid you not, it says, very good and relaxing music. I like it a lot. And curiously, my hamster also likes it a lot. It's really important, I think, for people to be focused on what you know, what's important to them, what means success to them, even if it doesn't show as a reflection, as, as a designation or a number, or even as an idea. Like for instance, growing up, I was able to solve a Rubik's cube and that was really fun and that was just for me. But you know, that little thing meant a lot to me that maybe didn't mean anything to anyone else. It's just something that I drove myself toward. And I think that's kind of an important way to look at life in general. Uh, it's a lot of little meaningless things that only have meaning to you. There's a lot that you can gain from having that perspective of focusing on what, you know, what have you accomplished? What are your achievements? 
that have led to who you are today, and maybe those pivotal turning points that no one else would really be aware of, but for you made all the difference. That's the key, really, uh, to focus on life that way, I would say. It's all about sort of the self-help notion, and as long as you're kind of contributing to that larger image, uh, however that may be, that's, that's the most important thing. Uh, everything else is second to that, at least for me. Even things like financials, um, I would gladly put myself in a place where I'm not really financially successful if I'm able to help more people, because that's way more important, I think, in the grand scheme of things. At the end of the day, we, we're all going to find success in one way or another. So, you know, keep it going. Um, I really hope that, uh, that we can see your, your project really explode one day because it is a wonderful thing that you're doing. It's totally life-changing to not just the people who you're interviewing. Uh, and I'm sure you're gaining a lot of insight through these uh, podcasts yourself, but it's also life-changing to those who are listening. I can't tell how many podcasts have completely informed my worldview in the past week alone. Um, and I mean, that's a huge, huge responsibility uh, where you're now, not only are you um, providing content to the world, but you're sort of informing perspectives that can vastly alter the direction of life that someone might go in. It's a huge responsibility, man. I hope you're up for it. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Where does the name artificial music come from? I was back in high school, and they told me I needed some sort of medium for expression, something to put all of these emotions into that would be constructive and so at the time I didn't really have anything specific but what jumped out to me was well I liked music I had always been sort of music minded and so when I first uh, really took up music I considered it not to be real music because I wasn't making music for the sake of uh, like having an idea expressing it in a way that other people could consume and enjoy. Instead, it was the physical manifestation of my emotions put onto paper. And I know that's what art is, especially now looking back, I can completely understand that that's just what most art is regardless of the context or what it comes out looking like. But at the time, to me, that felt very fake. It felt like, okay, so I'm not really making, you know, I'm not composing a piece, right? I'm not making a, a rock jam. I'm just making this weird abstract idea and that abstract idea may be something that I enjoy but probably won't be something that other people enjoy. And so that's where artificial music came from. Unfortunately, people started enjoying my music. Um, and so now <laughs> I find myself at a crossroads where sometimes I do consider how do I change my name? Uh, but oh. of course, it's too much of a namesake. It is who I am and I have to, I have to come to terms with that. It is what it is. What keeps you creating? 
I think that's the hardest thing in any endeavor is just finding the drive to keep going when sort of everyone in your life might tell you that you're not worth it or that you'll never make it. Um, but really seeing within yourself what you're capable of. Um, like for instance, with this entire project you're doing right now, I really, really support that kind of creative direction because it takes a lot out of you. It's a huge endeavor, but it's one where you do grow as a person and you become better at what you do as time progresses. If you need proof, listen to the first episode of the show. For me, I was always creative in a, a wide variety of fields. Like I've made games, I've made videos, animation, art, everything that I could think of. And you know, it was nice, it was fun, uh, but it was just creative endeavor. What was important to me was through every single creation I made, I grew as a person and I learned so much, like an inconsequential amount through the big projects that I did. Like if I was making a game, well, I have to make the assets for the game. I have to program the game. I have to make the music and the ideas and the storyline. And so you really do develop in so many ways with a project like this. You're not only like, yes, you're doing the legwork, which is speaking into a mic, having a conversation, a really meaningful and deeply impactful conversation with another person, but you're also forced to edit, you're forced to noise suppress, you're forced to put it all into a nice marketable package, right? And then actually forced to market it yourself. And that's, I think, the hardest part. Whenever, for creatives, it's like, okay, I have an idea, let me put it out there. But no one ever wants to like try to promote their idea because promoting your idea it just feels wrong right it feels like like you're trying to get other people in on what you're doing uh which which is the goal funnily enough it's totally the goal to find success in that way but it's sort of this counterintuitive thing where in order to get to that goal you actually have to push yourself out of your comfort zone again and sort of do this ego-driven thing hey i have this this project i'd love it if you checked it out Or telling your friends about a cool new podcast they could listen to. Either either one. Yeah, it might be very weird. Like, it doesn't have to sound like everyday pop music. It could even be like some poetry or anything. Uh, as long as you're convicted in it, the people there are, they really help push you toward your success, toward your growth. And I think that's so key. That's what I try to do now with every creative that I interact with. Because it's so important and I wish I had that growing up as a creative. You know, I couldn't ever have dreamed of finding myself in a position uh, where I can actually say that one day I might just be passively surviving and maybe even passively prospering like that's just a beautiful thing and so you know take it one day at a time but i'm sure that not just sure i'm certain that you can get yourself to a better position than i'm in right now and a better position than i might ever be in, uh as long as you push yourself right you persevere because it's honestly genuinely it's only going to get harder from here why do you say that because you're going to have more mounting expectations, more demands, 
consistency is really important. There's all these pieces and bringing them together in a more professional sense can become taxing. Uh, but it's about pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone for sure. This spawned an entire conversation about comfort zones in general, which I've mostly edited out for time. But I asked Aurel how he got out of his comfort zone, and we started talking about not so much the quality of your creation, but rather the quality of the people you surround yourself with when you're creating. That's another thing, too. I think we are not surrounded by enough uh, positive, you know, uplifting reflection. Like, nowadays, it's a lot easier. Whenever I send someone a piece of my work, they're like, yeah, I love that. Keep going. That sounds amazing. But back in my day, man, I surrounded myself with artists who even to this day, despite my success and despite their lack of success, they are convinced that my work sucks. Um, and this is something for me to get over that I clearly have not gotten over. But it's always, it's hard, right? It's hard to take criticisms on things that are very personal to you. And this podcast sucks. It's awkward though, because a lot of the people who listen to my music think that it's made by a robot because of my name. Uh, which totally wasn't intentional, although I do look forward to the day that I can afford that URL, artificial.music, because that oh, would be yeah. really cool. Oh yeah, that would be sick. But for the most part, I just, I try to cater toward what matters to me, and then that other stuff kind of comes secondary, but luckily people seem to like it, regardless of what it is, so <laughs> I'm happy to hear it. So, real artificial music, what is it that you are proud of? Is it a cop-out for me to say, well, what I would like to say is I am so proud to have gotten to be a part of this great, beautiful thing you're doing here. It is, uh, you know, I think to a lot of people, it's all numbers, right? So a lot of people are like, oh, this is just a small podcast. No one's really thinking. But I need you to understand, this is so impactful to me as a person i'm so thankful and so proud to find myself on a podcast like this to share my opinion and to have a conversation with another like-minded individual that's huge this is how we this is how we change as people and so thank you so much for that <laughs> that's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me What advice would you have for someone who's right on the edge of following their passion, but just can't take that final step? When you start out with a, a project or a passion that's just your own, you know, your own thing, you never expect anything like that. Like I had grown up with this very strong belief that uh, I could never find success in a realm like this, right? But I think a lot of us grow up with this idea of what it means to be a realist and really what we think is a realist is closer to a pessimist. Um, and so unfortunately, had I known sooner that I was capable of such great things, and we see it all over the place today with technology, it's insane. 
you know, maybe 20 years ago, sure, it would have been hard to do that. But today, you could be successful as a YouTuber, as an Instagrammer, as a t literally just on Twitter or Tumblr or SoundCloud. Like, there's so much out there. And it's up to you to really cater your passions toward that because really the world is your oyster. But it's up to you to really take yourself there because otherwise you'll find yourself in a rut. I think that's a big part of the learning process as well as realizing that it is a sea of content out there which once wasn't the case but with that sea of content there's also a sea of consumers. And I hate to call it like this race of consumption of content because that's kind of, that's a really binary way of putting it. But at the very least, I think it's really important to get yourself out there and give yourself a fair shot instead of believing that, okay, no, you know what? I'll never be successful because it's just not in my cards. You know, if, if that was the way that people thought, you wouldn't have any real successful people because everyone would just think they can't be successful. Over the course of creating this episode, I realized how few questions I actually asked Arel. We kind of degraded from an interview into just a conversation between two creative people who enjoy what they do, don't care about making money from it, and are just passionate about the things that they create. At one point, I looked at the timer and realized that I had surpassed the longest interview I'd done by over two hours. Now, very little of that is usable audio because a lot of it is just us talking and laughing and feeling like we were old friends that hadn't seen each other in years. But there's a distinct section where Aurel gives me an idea that I am going to do. You know, okay, so this is just an idea that I had in my head, but you could have everyone who you interview, you could have them ask you questions and then not have those questions in the uh the actual show until the 50th episode and then the 50th episode is essentially uh, a compilation of everyone who you've interviewed sort of interviewing you uh which could be really cool it's a big project but oh that's a fantastic idea i should have been doing that this whole time yeah no that was just an off the cuff because honestly because i have a massive ego at this point i was like can i can i interview you? i'd love to interview you but then i realized wait I could do myself one better. Why just me? Why one perspective when this whole thing is about <laughs> yeah. multiple perspectives, right? You can look forward to the collective interview of Trey Taylor far in the future. Has somebody ever been explaining something to you and it doesn't really make a lot of sense because you're not a part of whatever it is they're doing and they're using all these words you don't know and they're obviously really proud of it so it's a big deal but you don't really get it welcome to the show this poorly recorded voiceover is from the first episode of the show titled the perfect lines which came out on april 25th of last year it has a completely different format. It has two guests, because I thought that was a good idea. It has 
horrible audio, admittedly horrible audio. The, the second interview is my phone on speaker propped up next to my microphone because I, I, just, I, just, I just didn't know any better. It has been the most important year of my life in discovering what I want to do with said life and a love for audio and words and, and, and interviewing and people and storytelling and I it would it would be impossible without every single person who's ever hit play on on an episode the show has grown so much in the last year and I could not do it without the people who listen to this show the people who follow the show and support the show on social media I also can't stress enough that this show would be impossible without Willow Flox who literally runs the show i i'm i'm just the one that that talks and the people who support the patreon as well i am floored that anybody would would feel like it is a, a good financial decision to support uh this podcast but nonetheless people do and i feel so indebted to you for allowing me to make this show for the last year J justin mara uh, Susan, Ricky, Alejandro, Mason, James, Jordan, Jessica, every single person who uh, gives me money to make this show, uh, I am hopelessly indebted to you. Um, it is the most meaningful thing that I have done, and I'm going to keep doing it. And thank you from the bottom of my heart, all of my guests, all of my listeners, and this is just the first year of many. So. Thank you so much for listening to That Means Nothing to Me. It means so much more than nothing to me. It means everything to me. Thank you. So normally this is where the credits would go. But I'd actually like to leave you with one final unreleased track. It's called Rewind. And I really love it a lot. This has been That Means Nothing to Me. Thank you so much for listening, and enjoy.
Bum. Uh, mm, at, uh, mm.